Hey guys, welcome back to the Catch Up Time podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and if you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you listened before, I'm so glad you found your way back here today. My hope is that you find this conversation uplifting and that it puts a pep in your step as you go about your day. On this show, we'll shine the spotlight on real people just like you and me. You'll get to listen in on real conversations amongst friends as we explore an array of topics and take the discussion in any direction we choose. Along the way, we'll uncover truths and life lessons that we can all relate to and apply in our own lives. Knowing that we're not alone is incredibly powerful, and hearing how others have pivoted and adapted is inspirational. Join me each week as we discover new possibilities to grow, to be better, to be more productive, and to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Check out my Instagram and follow me at ketchup underscore time, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) And be sure to hit subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast, where you'll find some brightness and positivity to light up your day. All right, let's get started. The first doctor on the show. Oh my. One of my childhood friends makes an appearance for our 20-year middle school reunion. And how very perfect for this to be episode 20. It's like I planned it. (laughs) On today's episode of the Catch-Up Time podcast, Dr. Andrew Ramshet and I have a legit catch-up time session. Get it? (laughs) In any case, getting to sit down and chat with an old friend was good fun. I have the sweetest memories of us in school, and I remember him being a genuinely nice guy back then. He hasn't changed and is now a total family man. He has a beautiful wife and three kids and a career that keeps on growing. I would say that he's done pretty well for himself. We chat about his career in education and how it's been impacted over the last year or so between his quarantine time at home with his three kids to going back to in-person schooling. It has been an interesting ride for sure. Andrew is the Assistant Director of Student Activities in Brevard County, and what continuously shines through in our conversation is his love of education. He has his doctorate in education and continues to pursue other degrees to help further his career. He is currently back in school to get his second master's in sports administration, all while continuing to take his job to the next level. And I can tell, the sky is the limit. These days, you can find Andrew playing with his three small children on the football field or in the classroom shaping young minds. You can also connect on LinkedIn at Dr. Andrew Ramshit or by email at andrewramshit at gmail.com. So please enjoy this catch-up time episode with my friend, Dr. Andrew Ramshit. Hey, Alyssa, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. I can hear you, but I can't see you. Okay, hold on. Let me... I'm on my cell phone okay okay Okay. now i can see you there you are right okay hold on a second it says dr andrew ramshit i said what is that the right guy that is amazing (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this is gonna be so much fun um well uh welcome welcome it's nice to see you uh likewise you you don't look like you've aged at all you look the same well thank you that's so nice of you to say It's uh, it's all this. I'm an indoor cat. What can I say? <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to see you, though. I feel like it has been. It must have been 20 years since we last spoke. I don't even know how long has it been. You think? Eighth, eighth grade. When did we finish eighth grade? I think 2001. So 20 years. That's crazy. Well, this is our 20 year reunion. How very perfect. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's just it's just so funny. Like, I mean, I had 
um, reached out to you on, it was on Facebook. I saw that you had posted in that Narcusi group, which I'm a part of. I don't oh. even live in Lake Nona, um, <laughs> but I am a part they of- They have a good content. They do. Some of those groups are, you know, a little hit or miss, but that one I consistently see some good stuff coming out of there. It's nice to be connected to the community, you know, that you're living in or near. Um, yep. And so that's why I reached out to you because I was like, I didn't realize you lived in Orlando. Yep, yep. I moved out here three years ago. That's awesome. And yeah, it was... I was, I, was, I was in Broward my whole life and then we decided to make the move before my daughter started kindergarten. Uh, very good. And so, right, you have three kids. We'll get to all of this, but you have three children yeah. and um, you're in the educational system. So I want to hear all about that. Perfect. So we'll we'll start from here, I guess. Like you are in Brevard County. That's what the county you work out of is? Yep. Yep. I work out of Brevard. And but in I mean, it's my understanding, like my in-laws live in um, in New Smyrna Beach. And so is that technically Volusia County, like right above that? And then you're like further south, like in Melbourne? Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, they have New Smyrna, that's Volusia. So um, I'm the county south. You're the county south, okay. And what do you do there? You're at the county level. Yeah, so I run, I'm, I'm the district athletic director. So I run all the sports for, I have 16 high schools, 16 middle schools and 63 elementary schools. Holy moly, that yeah. is incredible. Yeah. So you're in charge of all of like those schools and their athletic departments? Yep, their athletics and all the student activities. So student government, um, all the little brain bowl stuff, all that nice. stuff is under me. Holy moly. So, I mean, you got into education, you have your doctorate. Is it in education, yep. I imagine, or right? It, yep, it's in education. Okay. And uh, how did you even like get started on this path? I mean, it's been a minute since we've chatted, so catch me up. Man, so so I was just one of those people that I was in college and I was just taking classes to take classes, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I was just like, you know, I, I, I want to work with kids. I know that. And then I went back and forth. I'm like, you know, I want to teach, but at the same time, teachers don't make the best money in the world. And I started weighing that and considering options. I know I wanted to start a family young and I was just like, well, you know, it's kind of nice to have summers off to spend with the family. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go into education and, you know, geez, like a week into my first job, I said, you know what? I want to move into school administration. I want to be a principal. Like, I, I think I could really, you know, make, make an impact. So went, did the master's, did the doctorate. And then during COVID, this opportunity popped up. There was this vacancy in Brevard County. And I had been coaching football and basketball for about six years at this point. And they had this county athletic director position open up and I had met all the qualifications. So I was just like, maybe I should apply for this. And, you know, I applied, I got the job and it's, it's been perfect. I don't have a single complaint. That is incredible. And so you work, are you working from home or do you go into the office with like the COVID stuff and everything? Do you go into the office at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go into the office four days out of the week. One day I probably just stay home and work from home because it's a little bit of a drive. It's about 45 minutes each way. So you came up here though for the job and then the COVID, the, the, your new position you just started. Is that what my like timeline is accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started the new position last July. Mm -hmm. Technically July. I interviewed end of May. The first day was July. That's huge. Is And it's a huge promotion. I mean, you're overseeing the whole district. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm overseeing 78,000 kids now. So it's a it's a big step up because I was over at Lake Nona High School and um, what, we had 2,600 kids mm -hmm. out there. So to move from 2,600 kids to 78,000, I mean, huge responsibility. Yeah, that's significant. 
That's really something. And so your progression, you were an assistant principal, you said? It was at Lake Nona? And then before that, you were a principal down in Broward County, which is where we're from. Yeah. Very cool. Did you, does your family still live in South Florida? No, it's funny. You know, three months after I moved, my dad just was here for a weekend spending time with me. And he ended up buying a house that same weekend just on the fly. In Lake Nona? Like where you guys are? Yeah, he's five minutes down the street, yeah. Oh my God, that is incredible. <laughs> and Yeah, so it's, it's, it's great having him around. Oh. And what really sold him is he's a veteran and they have that brand new VA that they built over here in Lake Nona. Mm-hmm. And compared to the one that he went to in Miami, which is just really just, it was a little run down. So he went, saw the facility, he's like, wow, you know. That was a big draw, yeah. That whole yeah, area yeah. is blowing up. It's crazy. Oh, it is, and and there's nonstop construction now, and yeah, I mean they're putting up apartments left and right, and new stores. And supposedly, even though I know it was an April Fool's prank, there's supposed to be a Target somewhere here. Soon. <laughs> That's so. what we were commenting on. That's what caught my eye. You said you sent it to your wife because somebody. Yeah, 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 it said Target coming soon, Lake Nona. Oh. It's... <laughs> And that was April Fool's. That's not cool to joke about those sorts of things. Come on now. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Where's the closest target to you guys? Uh, Orange Blossom. So it's about uh, 20 minutes or so. Is that by like... I have to jump on 417 and get off in the Orange Blossom exit. I think that's exit 11. Yep. We lived in Hunter's Creek when we first moved back to Orlando. Oh, nice. And I think that's I love it out there. Yeah. But we used to live in Hunter's Creek. And I'm pretty sure that's nice. where that target is you're talking about. Am I correct? Yep. And they have this like little wings place. It's called Island Wing Company. Is an amazing, amazing sports bar. Really? Yeah, that's my spot. It's in that plaza? Yeah, it's in that plaza. They just built it maybe two years ago. There's like a Cracker Barrel, I think, on the other yep. side. And... Yep. Yeah, okay. Cracker that's, Barrel. That's, on it. Yep. We're, we're talking about the same area. <laughs> yeah, so we lived right down the street. We were like literally right there. And, Yeah, I mean, goodness, we had looked at Lake Nona, funny enough, actually, when we were first looking to build a house, and it was, that was about five years ago, and it was, like, still very, very new in Lake Nona, and almost, like, kind of too new. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but... No, 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 I don't believe it. We've been there recently, and, like, it seems to have been, like, really blowing up, catching up kind of thing. Yeah, and they have the whole little downtown area that they're building right now too they they have a few spots over there but by the end of next year it's supposed to be this massive complex right yep. that's where and then boxy park is right there too boxy right? park yep yeah we've not been is it have you been is it cool yeah it's it's a nice little outdoor spot they have like different food trucks it's a nice little hangout spot if you you know if you're with your friends just go yeah, out there and yeah. grab some drinks yeah it's i love these types i mean these types of like communities uh what are they like food halls almost where like a bunch of different vendors are all in the same area you know what i mean yeah that i like a lot yeah you definitely don't get that out in broward broward you have to like really search to get anything it's crazy so you were living there i mean where'd you end up going to like after high school did you did we go to high school together forgive me i don't remember no 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 so i moved from sunrise to miramar right after eighth grade okay so for high school you were out in miramar yep got it okay and then after that um you ended up where'd you go to college florida state okay you were at florida state i went to uf we're supposed to be enemies but i don't really care about it so (laughs) (laughs) i have a cousin who went to he's a Seminole, and i'm like i don't really care like he makes it like a much bigger deal than i do do you follow (laughs) the sports i mean obviously the fact that you're an athletic Oh, yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a, it's been a bad few years for our football team, but hopefully, I'm saying another two years we'll be back where we need to be. 
Okay. Okay. So in two years, we can have a little bit of a rivalry. Until then. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, you guys got it. Okay. All right. Cool. I don't. I'm honestly like most um, the most unsportsman person. I just I'm like very unaware. It's it's wasted on me because I was there actually at UF during the national championships, like when they yeah, won so like where football. Yeah. Tebow and all that stuff. Yeah. Tebow. I think he's a year younger than us. He was like in a class. Um, he wasn't in my class, but he was like in i was a sociology major and i think he was like in the same college program as i was oh nice but uh, who knows i majored in sociology too no kidding did you yeah isn't that funny so you have a sociology degree okay and it's funny like in the very beginning you said that you didn't know what you wanted to do and you became a sociology major did you switch majors a few times or you always knew you wanted to be sociology Jeez, i i switched majors maybe four or five times while i was up there Me too yeah, I just and then when I realized I wanted to work with kids, I was like, okay, what path do I go down? Someone recommended sociology, and I looked into it. I was like, oh, okay, kind of like the study of people, human emotion, and all that good stuff. So I was like, okay, this would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, it seems like to me just I liked the classes I was taking more than any of the other ones, but. I switched majors four times, just like you. And eventually I just kind of, it's funny, thankfully I was able to still graduate on time, but all of like the, you know, all my other credits, I guess, transferred easily to this, to this major, but it's cool that it propelled you in the direction that you're in now. So after you, you went to you, or after you went to FSU and got your bachelor's, I imagine there in sociology, then what? Yeah. So after that, uh, moved back to South Florida, um, I was working a few odd jobs while I was trying to land my first teaching job. So my first job out of um, Florida State, I actually worked for TSA. And I think it's the funniest thing. Um, but no, I was working for TSA at uh, Miami International Airport. And uh, I was there for maybe about six months before I got my first opportunity of teaching. And it's the hardest thing because like just getting into your first like teaching job, you know, it's, you really have to find a principal that's willing to take a risk on a young kid, mm. really. And thankfully, I was able to find a principal and, you know, I've, I'm still in contact with him today, 10 years later, which is awesome. That's awesome. What were you teaching? I was teaching social studies. So, um, so social studies, basically, you have different disciplines. You have world history, U.S. history, government, economics, African-American history, sociology. So you have all those. So, I mean, my first year... I was AP world history, American history, and then I had a section of government. So I was all over the place. Oh my God. Did they give you a curriculum or anything or did you just like start from scratch? They have to give you a curriculum, I imagine. I'll tell you how my first day went. So yes. They said, well, you know, school starts at 720, get here by 650 and uh, we'll go over some things. I said, okay, perfect. So get there 650, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Bell rings at 720. So the assistant principal comes to get me and he's like, hey, follow me. So we're walking and talking. I was like, okay, so am I gonna get a curriculum? What am I gonna get? He's like, yeah, you'll get all of that later on, but uh, here's your class. Have a good first day. That was it. And that was it? (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I walked into my first class, my first day of teaching, not knowing what I was gonna do because I was a mid-year replacement. Yes. So I walked in just, just probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Oh my God. Yeah, they really just threw you to the wolves. Good God. And How old I, were those so, kids? So they're high school juniors and seniors. So you okay. have kids that are yep. 16, 17, 18, and there's 23 year old me just right in front of them. 
Oh my god, and you were only 23. Holy moly. I was only 23. No idea what I was going to do that first day. <laughs> what bad. did you do? Oh my god. You figured it out. Well, they're, they're, they all looked at me, so I'm like, okay. Took attendance, and then I was like, I don't have anything planned, so you know what? I'll go one by one, everybody go in front of the class and introduce yourself to me. I know you all already know each other, but just give me an introduction. Nice. So it, it, it was fun. So I got to learn a little bit about everyone the first day and I was good. Come the second day after I got all my materials, I was good to go. Yeah, then you were good to go. But it's really funny, though. I mean, it's, it's probably a good, like, you know, icebreaker activity for you. You can just sit there and kind of absorb it while you're still trying to figure it out. And everyone just kind of <laughs> introduce yourself to me. Tell me what you have learned. So now, if, if I were to ever get back into that situation now, I'd know exactly what to do because I've been in education 10 years. But that first day and you just know nothing, you're just a fish out of water. Yeah, you know, that was yep. nerve wracking. What does it take to become, as a sociology major in, in college, what did it take for you to become certified to teach? Do you just, do you have to yeah. take classes or? So it, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty simple. So if you have a degree in a certain subject area, so I had a degree in sociology, so that was easily converted into a social studies teaching certification. I would just have to take uh, three tests and pass those three tests over the course of three years. Got it. Yeah, so if you have anyone that's an art major and they want to teach art, they can go the same way about it. Or an English major, a math major, it, it's the same thing. It's just basically tests that uh, show the school board or whoever that you're like competent to teach in this subject. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's for the state, so it's for the Florida Department of Education. And the three test is a subject area exam. So whatever your subject area is, it shows that you can master the subject area. The second test is a professional learning so they give you scenario based questions on you know uh in this scenario what would you do kind of deal and the mm -hmm. third one is just general knowledge that makes sure that you can write read and do basic math right competent or yeah. whatever okay okay kind of like taking the fcat <laughs> yeah basically that's really interesting so and then once you have that then you're you're good to teach what made you take it to the next level yeah so yeah that first week i was in that school you know, and just seeing the kids and seeing how the kids were reacting to me. And I was hearing positive feedback from the other teachers that were there. And, and I just saw just the opportunity to kind of make more of a difference for the kids. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much a people's person and I'm someone that can just talk for hours. But at the same time, I'm just someone that, you know, I think I'm much better as just, how do I say this, as someone that just manages other people and just, just, just organizationally as well. Just I'm, okay. I'm just someone I feel like I'm more meant to be leading than actually being in a classroom. Yeah, you can make more of an impact too. That's yep. true. Yep. And 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 I'll throw this out there: the money is much better than teaching as well. And especially when you have three kids, that that's definitely Maybe. something to consider. <laughs> yeah, but you have the education to back it up. I mean, you took took it, you know, to the next level, to the next level, to the next, and yep. so you ended up getting your master's. Is that the next step after bachelor's? Yep. Yep. Master's at Nova Southeastern, and as soon as I was done with my master's, just enrolled in the doctorate. So it was nonstop school. I mean, I was in school from the time I was five till I was 31 nonstop. So 26, 31. Yeah, so 26 years. Wow. So, and you've dedicated, I mean, your entire life to this now. I mean, it's like you 
what did you end up getting your master's and your doctorate in education? Yeah. Or? yeah, so to be an administrator in the state of Florida, you have to have a master's in educational leadership. That's what it's called. Okay. So I got the master's in that, then I got the doctorate in that. Goodness. So now you can teach the class. Exactly. Can teach the class, manage oh, yeah. schools. I can do, do it all. And now that you're in at the district level, do you just want to keep growing and progressing up that ladder? or? You know, I'm at the point now where I'm weighing out what is it that I want to do in the future. So. I could take the route if I wanted to move into being a superintendent somewhere and within a school district, I have that option. But since I've been working, you know, managing all the athletics in the district, I've actually grown very fond of it. It's, it's, it's fun. You know, I tell everyone, like, I really shouldn't be paid to have this much fun on the job. So I'm looking at possibly going the route of, of working in athletics at a division one level, possibly. Okay. And what does that mean? <laughs> so, uh, uh, an athletic director, like a school athletic director. So just how- uh, But at a, at like a big, like at a college, like that at, sort of thing? Yep, at the college level. At the college level. Yep. Okay, okay. Because right now you're overseeing, is it elementary, middle and high school or just high school? No, no, elementary, middle and high school. So 63 elementary school, 16 middle and 16 high school. Oh, There's that many schools in that just one district? Yeah. So when you were in Orange County, was it that many as well think, or was it more? I would think it's more. No, well, the schools in Orange County, at last check, I want to say there was 118. And I know they're opening two new high schools next year. And I think they have a new middle school and elementary school as well. So it's going to be over 120. Aye, aye, aye. And, and, and Orange County is actually the sixth largest school district in the United States, believe it or not. Is that right? Yep. I mean, it's kind of crazy to me because when we lived in Hunter's Creek, like I was sharing with you, we were in Orange County. And then we moved 35 minutes northwest and we're in Winter Garden and we're still in Orange County. <laughs> and yep. where my husband grew up in Altamont, that's Orange County. Orange County, yeah. Like, it's the span Orange, of Orange County huge. is huge. It's huge. It's huge. 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 I don't think I ever realized that. Was Broward, is I, on the scale now that you know, is Broward a smaller district? I'm not familiar. Broward, Broward is the uh, third largest, excuse me, fourth largest school district. Uh, Miami-Dade is second. New York is first. Los Angeles is third. Holy moly. So, or, or Florida rather has three in the top six, you said? Like, what were the Yeah, statistics? and we actually have, we have nine now in the top 50. Just a lot of kids, a lot of people here, man. That's nuts. Yeah, and you have a lot of people just every day. They say what? Like I, I was reading some statistical study on Forbes, and they said fifteen thousand people are moving to Florida every single day. Wow, That's, it's insane when you think about it. Wow. Well, you know, you see the construction everywhere you go, so it's not that far fetched. Then the construction, and also you, you don't have to pay a state tax which is huge right now for a lot of people that are struggling. That's absolutely true. Uh, between us and I think, what is it, Tennessee also has been in Texas. And Texas. My, we've, been, think, we've been talking about like North Carolina, like potentially making another move here in the next few years, likely before our son goes into kindergarten. And so we, we've been like toying with the idea of maybe moving back to Colorado, but it's just, it's so far for us. Like our family is all on the yeah. East Coast for the mo majority. I have like a cousin in Colorado, but... The majority of my family is on the East Coast, so to fly, you know, a plane ride versus a, a car ride is so different, like such a big difference. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And I know for us, when we were looking to move, I had to, it took me years to convince my wife to make it out here really? because her family's based in South Florida and she's very close to her family. And yeah. I, I basically said, hey, well, you know, it's a two and a half hour car drive. You know, if you want to go on weekends, if 
you know, if it's a birthday, anything like that, we can just make the drive down, which has been great. So no, I, I, I completely understand. Yeah, it's so true. What made you make the, or want to make the move up to Orlando? Wow, it's just such a nice area to raise a family. So my, my best friend, he's been out here since mm. he was 19. So he's a firefighter with uh, Orange County Fire Department and um, would come up and visit him multiple times a year and just fell in love with the city. And just the people are just so friendly in Central Florida in general compared to South Florida. You know, South Florida is just, you know, great place, but everyone's just always just so angry. Yeah. I felt down there because it's just so much stress down there and then you know, the cost of living in South Florida is extremely high. So you just, just all, you know, just, you know, it was just, uh, it was just yeah. like a ticking time bomb almost. It's just, it's so crowded down there and it's, yeah. And housing prices. Oh my gosh. Like just the housing prices down there are just ridiculous. We're, so I like, you know, I did a little research on your Facebook page. I saw that you guys built a house here yep. in Lake Nona. Is that right? Yep. What was that process like for you? Because we did the same. It was amazing. Oh, like it was it? it was fun. I loved it. So when we yeah. were down in South Florida and we decided to make the move, we had the money saved up. I told my wife, I said, OK, pick a place, whatever place that you want, we'll get it. So the she narrowed down to three communities. And the first community we went to was the one we're living now. We took the tour, mm -hmm. saw the model home. And I said, you know what? I like it. We don't even have to go see number two or three. That's it. That's it. I'm like, I'm done. That's incredible. And you just right there built from scratch. You picked, you picked your lot, you picked your model, all the colors and all those things. And yep. anyway, when have you become such adults? Isn't that like just oh, mind boggling? I'm telling you? you, it's crazy how fast time goes by. It really is. Yeah. And so what is um, your wife, what does she do? So she works for uh, Osceola Correctional Facility. Ooh. So she's an administrator over there. So she does paperwork. Oh, like wow. stuff. Um, she's in charge of programs. So the different programs that are offered to inmates, she helps organize those, get those together, all that stuff. Oh, how interesting. You guys have like, I mean, you're both in different institutions, but still planning events and doing like nice like activities and things for two different very different populations isn't that interesting it is it is and I'll, I'll tell you our conversations are very interesting as well you know especially you know her learning about education and me learning about uh correctional system mm -hmm. very interesting stuff mm -hmm. and she is she works for osceola did she do the same thing down in broward county yeah so in broward county she worked for uh, broward sheriff's office and she was a child protective investigator. So she basically, if there was any kind of child crime or uh, child abuse, any issue like that, she would actually have to drive out, do an investigation, all that kind of stuff. Go to court, you know, to represent the, the families, to represent BSO. My goodness. Yeah, it, it, it's a very, and, and one thing, you know, thankfully, you know, I know she enjoyed the job, but a, a job like that, you bring a lot of things mm -hmm. home with you, right? Especially, let's say you have to go out and you have to investigate a child being raped or something like that, and then you have to come home right afterwards. It, it takes yeah. a toll on someone, and it was taking a toll on her. So I'm, I'm kind of glad she's, you know, we're up here now and she's not necessarily having to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. Like, I can't imagine being like, even like a psychologist, like you assume that so much of whatever you're being told is still weighing on your heart. You know, you can't not think about it. And like, you know, hearing like all kinds of crazy, yeah. sad stories like that, it's like, eventually is going to like wear on you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But how interesting. So she's in like an inmate program. Well, not in the inmate program. Of course, she's running the inmate program. 
<laughs> She's yeah. planning all the activities. Is there like a library and what kind of activities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have book cards and they have different classes for the, the inmates on how to assimilate into the population once they get released. Uh, financial literacy. They, they just have a lot of classes and really if there's anything that the inmates are interested in, they try to set up those classes for them. Wow, that's really cool though. I mean, not for nothing, like it's, you know, a very troubled population she's dealing with, but she's certainly trying to bring a little brightness to their day, you know what I mean? Especially like you said, yeah. if she's able to, um, you know, even if they don't have the class now, but she can like look into bringing it on. That's exactly. amazing. That's amazing. What are your kids like? I mean, I can't, I mean, oh just, my I've seen pictures, of course, but you seem like such a like family man. It's amazing. It's, it, it's, amazing. it's crazy just making that transition into being a dad, right? Yep. It's, 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 it's something I can't even put it into words, but no, my kids, my kids are great. Like my daughter, Jasmine, she's going to be eight next month. She's mm -hmm. second grade. She's wonderful. She's the most helpful person. Like, She'll make me, like, as I'm getting ready for work in the morning, she'll wake up to make me coffee. Oh. Like, that's Jasmine. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the sweetest thing. Oh, what it's an the angel. Thing. Then my daughter, Maya, she's that kindergartner that's in love with YouTube and TikTok. Like, every day <laughs> she'll come home and, hey, Dad, want to see my new TikTok dance? And she'll do a dance. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh. What is and that? then my son, my, my son, Isaiah, he's going to be four on Monday. He's a fireball. He's all over the place just just that kid is a just oh that kid's reckless <laughs> <laughs> he's a boy you had two girls now you got a boy and you're like seeing I know. It, he's, the differences he's the type he's the type of kid we had this incident a few months ago he'll be like hey dad look he'll have a permanent marker and he'll start drawing on the wall stop it like yeah that's, <laughs> hey, dad, that's look. The word. <laughs> yeah Usually a kid will do it behind your back. He'll do it and tell me to look at him do it, you know? Oh, you will have trouble. <laughs> yeah. you know? But he's just so cute. How could you get mad? I think that's the hardest part. It's like you almost, certain, I mean, of course, not writing on the wall, but there are probably certain things that happen and you're just like, I find myself like trying not to laugh at certain things when they do something like wrong or they say something. I, I try not to laugh because I just sometimes the things that come out of their mouth or that they say or that they want to do or the way he like dances. I'm just like, oh my God, what a goofy goof. It's just so I'm funny. telling you. And and it, it's crazy too. Once you have three kids, it's, it's kind of as if you expect the youngest one to be on the same like cognitive level as the older ones. And you kind of forget like, Hey, he's still three right now. Give him a break, you know? Yeah, yeah. he'll be four, you're saying. He'll be yeah, four yeah, yeah. next week. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, the jump from, like, I mean, my son's two and a half. And so just that jump from, like, even last year, I look at pictures from last year before the pandemic, and I'm like, he's a different child, like, completely different. It's insane. And it, it is. And, and what's crazy, too, you know, you mentioned the pandemic. And, you know, the kids were home for, from school from last March, right? And I was home from work and just having them at home while trying to work simultaneously and doing their school stuff with them, it was, it, it, it really made me appreciate elementary teachers more than I did before. Even being in education, I was working in high schools and I never really understood the plight that, you know, elementary teachers had to deal with, but kind of understand, you know, now after having to teach them last year. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, what was that like being at home oh. with them? You were you were working at the time. This was pre-pandemic, yep. so you were still at Lake Nona, that high school there. Yep, yep. I was at Lake Nona High School, and 
working from home and We're trying to navigate that oh and, my god and, that must have been insane yeah because you know no one's ever been through this before so here i am part of my yeah. job was to try to track down students we hadn't heard from hey you haven't logged into your classes you need to complete your classes so you can graduate because i was over the seniors right so i had to make sure that my 800 plus seniors were all on track to graduate so while i'm doing that i'm having to be dad i'm having to cook lunch make breakfast do homework with them they would have to be in front of their computers at a certain time you know to do their classes yep. it was yep. it was all over the place man oh man and are they still in virtual no. school or when did that no, go no, back no. They, them? No, they went back to school on time this year so it's, it was in yeah, august it, yeah yeah it was, august, it was towards the end of august as soon as they said hey we're allowing kids back in person we said you know what you're going to school and i know i know there was just a large there was a lot of uncertainty right so you know you have about maybe i want to say at least in brevard county we had more than 30 percent of the kids at first decided to stay at home right because there are a lot of uncertainties mm -hmm. and no one really knew how it was going to go right you didn't know if your kid would go to school if your kid would catch covid there was just there was just there was so much uncertainty everywhere right and and i think yeah. thankfully in time you know the the proper protocols and guidelines were put in place and it's it's just safe now you know i have no you know i i have no worries sending them to school every day yeah well and at a certain point i imagine after especially them being home for that entire spring and then into the summer it was almost like best for them like what's the best thing for the kids even though it is uncertain like what's the best thing for them it's to exactly. be around other kids like nobody is doing well being at home in a room by themselves in front of a computer especially at that age like I do feel so badly for you know the, the parents who had to work from home like you yeah. and take care of their family and be home with the kids at the time was your wife working or able to stay home or was she still having to go in no no she was deemed essential so she had to go in mm -hmm. so it was just me and the kids and my son my my three-year-old so he was still two when um you know the lockdown started his yeah. his um his daycare was closed down for a little bit so it was just me and the three kids not just the girls and then you have a two-year-old and it, it was oh my God. <laughs> Oh man, I feel for you. That must yeah, have been something. It was an adventure, but now I look back on it a year later and I kind of I kind of laugh and at the same time, you know, it's it's hard as you get older, as your kids get older to spend that quality time with them every day, right? Especially as a working parent, as a working dad. So I I actually enjoyed the time that I had with them as, you know, as much as they drove me crazy throughout the day. It, it was just great being around. Oh yeah. I feel like I know my son better now than I did before. And maybe, maybe it's because he's growing up and, and evolving, of course, as he grows, but I do feel like I, I know him better now. And likewise, I'm sure you got to know your kids on a different level, especially being able to see them at school, you know, like yep. they're a whole different person when they're around their peers yeah. and, and in their classroom. So. Oh, hundred percent. And, and I think I kind of feel bad for my kids because um, even when I was in the classroom, I was just one of those very just in your face teachers, like, I was making sure that you understood things and maybe sometimes I, I was a little too hard on my daughter especially my oldest and she like eyes would water dad I'm trying my best and it was just like oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I did okay so I did see your picture with you with a microphone in the classroom was that a real like microphone was it like an assembly what had happened with this no, no, so in or Orange County I think is just one of the best school systems right so every classroom is equipped with a smart board teachers have a microphone you have your speakers at the top because you have larger classes 
So if you want to ever talk into a microphone, they'll be able to hear you all around the classroom. So you don't really have to worry about projecting your voice, all that stuff. Wow, I had no idea. You were holding a microphone, I just thought it was like an assembly, but that's just standard yeah. in every classroom now. In the classroom. And what I thought was awesome, now because of the pandemic, I think more school systems are integrating laptops, but in Orange County, pre-pandemic, every kid in a high school got a laptop to take home with them. Like their own right? personal laptop, which I thought was amazing. And coming from Broward County to Orange County, I was like, wow, like Broward, you know, they would never do that. <laughs> so seeing these kids have their own laptops, it was great. Yeah, yeah. So it, it made things in the classroom, it, it made things in the classroom so much easier for me. So I could just say, hey, I'm gonna shoot everybody out a link, load up this link and let's talk about it, right? So it, it was awesome. It made it made teaching fun and just being in the classroom fun. Because they were so much more engaged, exactly. I imagine. Exactly. How interesting. How long did you teach for? How long did you end up staying in the classroom? So when I was in Broward, I was in the classroom for four years. In Orange County, just my first year once we moved up here. And then that's when I was able to get the role mm -hmm. at Lake Nona. The first school I was out here in uh, Orange County was actually Cypress Creek which is right there in Hunters Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? So you were out there for a short time? Yeah, I was there for a year. And um, the hardest thing, right, for just, just I think educators in general is when you're moving into a new district is just finding that, that job. So if you're an assistant principal or a principal and you're moving into a new district, every, you know, school system has their own procedures as far as what you would have to do to qualify to be an administrator, right? So. Moving to Orange County, they needed certain things and I didn't have enough time to get things together that they needed and to meet their timeline. So it's like, okay, well, I want to stay in education. So let me go back into the classroom for a year. And that was what you needed to take it to the next level? Exactly. Is it a certain amount of years is what you're saying? You need a certain amount of years, not the education, not the certifications? So it's, it's a certain amount of years and then you need certain things within that school system, right? So you have to have um, educational experience in that school system. Um, so a year in Orange uh, County. And, yeah. So you, before you could be an administrator in Orange County, you actually had to have taught in Orange County yes. in the classroom. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Wow. So you did that for a year. And then at that point, then you moved into the assistant principal role. Yep. Goodness. Always in um, high school. Have you ever worked in like a, like middle or elementary? Always in high school. I, I just, school. I, I just, you know, I've always just found working with older kids to be more engaging. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can connect with them. You're so like young yourself and down to earth and cool and hip. I know that sounds like ridiculous. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, you no. are, no, you can and, connect and, with and, them. And, Kids take on and form relationships with younger teachers, I feel better than older teachers because there's much more things that you can relate to, right? So if they're having certain issues in their personal lives or they're having relationship issues with their boyfriends or girlfriends, they're more willing to come to a younger teacher to talk things out with them uh, because they see a lot of themselves in that teacher, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, most certainly. Versus an older teacher that's a little bit far removed exactly. you know, from that generation. That's so interesting. And do you prefer, now that you've been on both sides of it, do you prefer to be an administrator in the office, like at that level or in the classroom? Is it good to have a little bit of both, I imagine? I, I prefer being an administrator, but I tell you, I, you know, I tell everyone that's willing to hear me out every day, I miss being in a classroom full of kids and just that energy that those kids bring into that classroom every day and just having those conversations. Being in an office, I, I don't have those conversations as much. I only have those conversations when I go out to a football game or a basketball game and I talk to the kids on the sidelines, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. there's nothing that compares to actually being in the classroom, teaching those kids and 
just having that interaction. Yeah, it keeps you connected to them too. You know what I mean? You're working for them, obviously, in the office, but it's good to stay in touch with them and feel in touch with them in the classroom. It's good that you had that like experience so that you're able to like draw back on it and remind yourself. And every so often, like you said, with the football games and you know basketball games or you know any sort of sporting event, are you on site a lot when the when the kids are actually there? Yeah, yeah, I am. And throughout the day, certain days, I'll go visit a certain school and do walkthroughs and. You know, I'll see kids on campus. I'll have random conversations with kids I've never met before. That that's the kind of stuff I enjoy doing. That's so cool. So, what do you? What's your day to day look like when you're actually like you? You can do these site visits on you know on each school's property and actually like do you tell them that you're coming or do you come unannounced? No, I, I usually tell them I'm coming. I, I don't think I've ever popped up on anyone. You know, I'll usually yeah. shoot a quick text or make a phone call. Hey, I'm going to come by today. And it's just to check out what they're doing, like, in their classroom and with their program and things? Yeah, just to see what they're doing with their athletic programs and talk about, you know, whatever I can help provide them for. You know, whatever, whatever they need that I can help them with, that's why I'm there. How many teachers and, like, educators do you have under you then? Jeez. So when we're talking about athletic directors, we have 16 at the high school level. Then we have 16 at the middle school level. Then when we talk about student government advisors, we have 16 at the high school level. Um, then there's other activities like um, there's something called Odyssey of the Mind, which is similar to a brain bowl, I guess you would say, most places. I have mm -hmm. 16 high school advisors. They have it in the middle school now, so that's another 16 advisors. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot. It adds up. <laughs> then you have the activity coordinators at the elementary level. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's 63 of them so it it it's a lot it keeps you busy oh, oh yeah my gosh yeah no i'm what this job has helped me with more than anything else is utilizing my outlook calendar i wouldn't be <laughs> able to survive without it <laughs> is that the truth man i tell you what it is so true if it's not on my calendar i will forget about it it is yeah. the truth 100 percent. and i used to be one of those people that i tried to memorize everything that i had to do and then a few weeks into this job it was like okay i can't do this anymore there's no. <laughs> too much going on. I just have to constantly update my Outlook calendar. I'm constantly having to leave myself memos on my phone to stay organized. And it's, it's helped me out tremendously. Do you have a physical agenda that you like write in or is it everything on your phone or on your computer? Everything is on my phone. Everything is on. Do you use the notepad you said? That's yeah. what you use? I use the notepad and the I, I leave myself a lot of voice memos. Voice. Okay. So I, I've tried to leave... I, I've tried to record voice memos and I don't find that I ever go back to them because I forgot about them, right? Like, how do you keep track? Does it like transcribe it into a message when it, you do it that? It transcribes or? it into a message. And there's actually a cool feature on this Samsung that I have that it'll actually attach that voice memo directly to your calendar. Oh, so you can, it's not only like visually you can see it, but you can also hear it and like what you were thinking at the hear time. It, exactly. Nifty. So you use most of the time your, everything is on your phone. Yep. Or on your calendar. Yep. I'm, I'm one of those people. If they say, what's the one thing you can't live without? My phone. <laughs> it's just, I just have, yeah. I just yeah. have everything that I need on here. So true. Because that's what life is right now. It's juggling a bunch of things. It's, it's organizing. It's, it's just finding that balance, you know, and just balancing work, family, all your other obligations. And it, it, I always tell everyone, I wish there was 32 hours in a day. Because there's 24 hours just isn't enough it's so true. to get everything that I need to get done. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's so true. I mean, time management, especially for what you're doing with, especially with all the different, you know, 
schools under you and all the different programs under you, plus having the family and the three kids, it must, there's just so many things all going on all at once. Yep, and and I, I didn't tell you this one, but I'm actually, I re-enrolled in school. So I'm doing a second master's now in uh, sports administration, right? Because I, 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 cause I mentioned earlier that I'm looking at a possible career in sports administration, like at the college level after. I'm, at I'm, the college yep. level. So I'm in my, I'm about to finish my second semester right now. So I'm doing that as well. Is that online or is that that's, in course? That's, that's online. On, yeah, that's online University of Cincinnati. Okay, what more can you learn? You've done it all. What more is there to learn? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know, the, the certain jobs, if you want these jobs, you have to make sure you have the right certifications, right? So. Wow. That is insane though. Not for nothing. Thankfully it is all online. So you're able to do it at your at your own exactly. pace, if you will. But my gosh. Yep. So you're in school, has a full time job, three kids, wife, family, all the things. Good for you, man. I'm so pleased for you. Yep. It just sounds like you're doing phenomenal. It's so awesome to talk. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's hard finding that balance, but when you find that balance and you can juggle everything, then everything yeah. else falls into place. Man, all right. Well, I'll definitely be in touch if I, uh, I need some like time management, you know, organizational skills. Oh, I, <laughs> I got you. And it, it, you know, it's super simple. All it is is your calendar. Just break it down by time. You know, um, seven a.m. to eight a.m. I'm gonna answer emails. Eight a.m. to nine a.m. I'm gonna make my phone calls. And then you just break it down by time, and you stick to that. That's how you do it. Yep, and you stick to it as much as you can. Now, certain days I'll be thrown off if a you know, parent calls me with a complaint or something like that, and I'm on the phone with the mm -hmm. parent for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it'll throw me off, but I try to get back to that calendar and just get everything you know, broken down by time. So you break it down, not just by time, but the task within that time? Exactly. So, okay, okay. And then you, like, whatever you're doing along the way, you can kind of get back on. Do you, do you do that same thing where like you're checking your emails in the afternoon as well, not just in the morning or throughout the day? Oh, you're checking my, my, I, I, I'm, I'm a serial email checker. So I, know. I, I have my phone in my hand most of the day. So I'm checking emails throughout the day. It doesn't really throw me off too much from my time. Isn't that the truth? I think that's just commonplace now. People are addicted. I'm just constantly like refreshing the page and you just assume that, you know, Something's going to come in your inbox. You got to attend to right now. How many emails do you get in any given day? I'm curious. I, it's, it's funny. I was actually counting a few weeks ago. I averaged about 60 to 70 emails a day. That require your like attention where you need to like come up with a thoughtful response or are these like emails that you could be like, okay, read you delete or like, okay, copy that by. So I want to say there's a few that are as far as email responses. I'll say I do about 50 a day. Five zero. Five zero. Yeah, that's a lot of emails. Plus. And, and I tell everyone, you know, all the, the you know, activity um, coordinators, all the athletic directors under me, I tell them, hey, if it's important, I'll respond right away. If not, before the night's over, you'll get a response from me. Incredible, man. You are very yeah. dedicated. And obviously, you're, you're just, you know, just keep on blowing up. It just sounds like you're doing really big things for yourself and your family. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, the, the thing about just being in education, it's, it's all about the kids, right? It's about the next generation of kids and making sure that they have all the right opportunities in life to be successful, whether it's athletics or, you know, in classroom stuff. It's just setting them up for success. That's what it's all about. What, do you remember like a time when in your childhood where like a teacher kind of spoke to you and, you know, you realized that was what you want, how, where you wanted to take your career? Oh, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. So high school this is my 10th grade year of high school ap world history 
um, had a teacher. His name was Mr. Marino, right? This was at Everglades High School mm-hmm. in Miramar. And he was just, he was the second male teacher I had, my first one since fifth grade. And he was just so relatable, just a younger guy. And just, you know, he was just such a nice, relatable guy. And we grew close. He was the basketball coach. Um, and uh, I couldn't obviously play basketball, but I became a team manager so I could help him out. And just he just grew up to be one of my mentors. And it's funny that, you know, my freshman year of college, I ended up pledging for the same fraternity that he was in. So he actually came up and pledged me for a weekend. And, oh, how awesome. You know, ever since then, you know, I... He, he, yeah, just one of my closest friends. He's actually an assistant principal over at South Plantation now. Oh my God. So you he, you were in his classroom and now you're like colleagues? Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. That is something else. But he was the reason that you like wanted to get into education. You, you kind of in that. He, he was he was a major factor because I remember, you know, I, I was sitting in my dorm. Well, not my dorm, my apartment in college. This was my fourth year at Florida State, still undecided as far as what direction I wanted to go. I know I wanted to work with kids. So he was the first person I picked up a phone call like, hey, tell me about teaching because I think this is might be the direction that I'm going to go in. And he took, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that he took the time to actually sit down with me and have that conversation. And, you know, a lot of what I did in the classroom, I tried to model myself after him. Like, what would Marino do? You know? And yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, he came into my life when he did at the right moment and he was able to influence me the way that he did. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I get goosebumps when you say that, like that, you know, people come into your life at the right time and for a reason, yep. right? They like open a door, they like open your yep. mind to something or a possibility you hadn't thought of before. And it's so funny how things work out, isn't it? It's, it's almost as if it's divine intervention sometimes, yeah. right? Things happen in such a funny way. It's, it's just lovely. And it's wonderful to hear you doing so well. So I'm thrilled to chat with you and Definitely, we're neighbors now, so we got to get together with the kids. It would be really fun to see you. Whenever you want to, let me know. And we could go to that wing place in Hunters Creek I told you about. <laughs> I know, with the drink special. All right, well, we'll head, head over to that sports bar and uh, and get a drink one of these days because it would be great to see you and meet your kids and meet your wife. Yeah, absolutely. You let me know. My, my schedule, I can make time for you. Oh, you're an angel. Well, I am. Um, I'm gonna have to figure out my schedule, but I will, and I, we will definitely uh, make it a date because I'd love to see you, man. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time, and I know you're a busy guy, but thank you for having me. And no, I'm gonna tell you, like halfway through is when I realized that we were actually like doing it because it just felt so natural, like we were having a conversation. <laughs> well, that's what the point is. I don't want it to sound like an interview. I, I actually find when I plan out too much that it comes across in like a, a very interviewee type of way and I don't want that. I like it to be this free flowing where it's kind of... Yeah, I was, uh, I was about to say, hey Alyssa, uh, when are we going to start this? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I think we're actually starting Yeah, man, this is it. So, no, this is it. But yeah, I mean, goodness, you, uh, you've got a lot going on, but you've shared a lot with me today. I'd love to talk to your wife about working in a jail. Ooh. That's like a whole nother conversation. Oh man, she was, I'm sure she would love it. Yeah, man, I'd love that. All right, sounds good. All right, man. Well, I will let you go. Go ahead and have a great rest of the day. And uh, again, thank you for being on the show. It was really fun to chat with you today. No, thank, thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully we'll go get those drinks soon. Absolutely, man. We will make it happen. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, bye, Alyssa. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Bye. Catch-Up Time podcast is an original podcast produced and recorded in Orlando, Florida. 
remember to subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast to get notified each week when new episodes are posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at ketchup underscore time. Thanks again for listening to the Ketchup Time podcast.